Hi, this is Pastor Tom Holliday, and I want to welcome you to week five, day one of our look through the book of Exodus. Going a chapter a day, that means we are in chapter 21 today. Exodus is 40 chapters long, and you can really divide it very much into two parts. Chapters 1 to 19 are, it's sort of, you might say, deliverance directed, and chapters 20 to 40 are directions delivered. Chapters 1 to 19, deliverance directed, it's how God directs the deliverance, the freedom of his people from slavery in Egypt. And all the way up to chapter 19, we see how God's working and working and working to set them free. And then in chapter 20, we begin with the Ten Commandments, and we have the law, and we have the tabernacle, and we have the priests, and much of, almost all of chapters 20 to 40 is directions delivered. God's saying, here's what to do. And in many ways, it's about how you and I can live a life of freedom. In the law, he talks about the moral law, the law about how you are to treat other people, the civil law. They were a theocracy in Israel, so how they were to handle the fact that they were governed by God together, and also the sacrificial law, the laws about how they would make sacrifices that we know now look forward to Jesus and what he did for us. These chapters, as you look at the law, as you look at the tabernacle, as you look at priests, they're really, in many ways, all about holiness. The law is a holy thing. A, a priest is a holy thing. The tabernacle is a holy thing. But we're going to see, as we walk through these chapters, that they're all about us in many ways about the holy thing that God wants to do in your life, and even more than that, this may shock you, about the holy person that God wants to make of your life, in your life, of you. These are really chapters that are not just about getting your freedom, getting to that place of freedom, but chapters 20 to 40 are about how you stay in the place of freedom, how you live that place the rest of your life. In these chapters, chapter 20, which we looked at last week, and now we're digging into 21 this week, we're reading some of the Old Testament law. And I want to remind you, especially today in this chapter, that even in the law, there are shadows of New Testament truth. God's looking forward to what he's going to do in Christ. It's in the tabernacle, it's in the priests, but it's even in the law. It becomes very clear as you read through what God's doing here that the God of the Old Testament and the God of the New Testament are the same God. Because in the Old Testament, he's doing a lot of preparing. In the New Testament, he's doing a lot of fulfilling, showing us the way. God, even in Exodus, was preparing us to receive the truth that we have today in Jesus Christ. And so even in the law, there are these shadows of grace looking forward to Jesus. It's sort of like if you're standing on a street corner and you see someone's shadow before they round the corner, you know someone's coming. You can see things in the law that are a shadow of Jesus who is coming. In fact, we're going to look at three or four of those today, some shadows of Jesus coming and what he's going to do in our lives. First, there is a shadow of Jesus being a servant in Exodus 21, 32. There's a shadow of Jesus and the fact that he would serve us. Listen to this verse, Exodus 21, 32. It may not sound like it's about Jesus at first, so just bear with me. If the bull gores a male or female slave, the owner must pay 30 shekels of silver to the master of the slave, and the bull must be stoned. There's a lot of laws about what to do if this person gets killed and this person gets killed and what happens here and about murder. In this case, it's a law about accidental death. And it's a law that even in the case of an accidental death, if there's a slave involved, that there must be some kind of payment made. And look at what the payment is. That's what I want to focus on. The payment is 30 shekels of silver, 30 pieces of silver, the price of the life of a simple slave. And you might remember from the New Testament, 30 pieces of silver is the price that was paid for the life of Christ. 
Matthew 26, 14, and 15. Then one of the twelve, the one called Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priests and asked, What are you willing to give me if I hand him over to you? So they counted out for him 30 silver coins. Now these chief priests obviously knew the law. There was a reason they counted out 30 silver coins. They were trying to insult Jesus, the person of Jesus. They were saying, we'll pay the price of a slave. But this action brings into sharp focus for us an important fact. Jesus really is our servant. He said it himself. He said, I did not come into this world to be served, but to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many. He chose to serve. He chose to serve you. Jesus wasn't drafted into this. He volunteered. He chose to serve you with his life because he loves you. He serves you with his life for the purpose of giving you life. And there's a shadow of that even here in Exodus chapter 21. There's a shadow of Jesus being our servant. There's also a shadow in Exodus 21, 23, and 24 of Jesus being our sacrifice. Listen to these verses. But if there is serious injury, you are to take life for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot, burn for burn, wound for wound, bruise for bruise. Now, this is one of the most familiar of all the Old Testament laws, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. The only way to satisfy the demands of true justice under the law was by this equal punishment rule. Even today, this idea of he got what he deserved, she got what she deserved, is still the standard that many of us have for what's really fair in life. But Jesus turned this standard upside down. And even in the law, there's this foreshadowing of what Jesus was going to do one day. The law here says that you are to take a life for a life. But Jesus turned that upside down and he gave a life for a life. He gave his life for your life. So now we're no longer under law where you take a life for a life. We're under grace where Jesus gave his life for your life. Jesus fulfilled the requirement of the law for us. We've committed sins against God. And the Bible says any sin that we commit is, is an affront to God. It is deserving of death. It may not seem that bad to you, but it's disobedience against God. And that unholiness in our lives is deserving of death. Jesus gave his life so that I wouldn't have to die. He fulfilled this requirement of the law by giving his life for you. There's something way above legal fairness here. There is grace. There's more than revenge or restitution here. There's restoration, the restoration of our life through his life. Jesus gave a life for a life. But there's even more here than that. Jesus gave his life for your life, and then he went on to challenge us to be the same kind of people. Remember what he said in the Sermon on the Mount? He talked about this law in the Sermon on the Mount. In Matthew 5, 38 to 39, Jesus said, you have heard that it was said, eye for eye and tooth for tooth. But I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If someone strikes you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. Jesus looks back at this law, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, and he says, because grace has changed you, now you respond differently to people. Grace fulfills the law. And because the law is fulfilled in me, now you respond with love even to those who are evil. Do not resist an evil person. He doesn't say do not resist evil here. In fact, the Bible tells us to resist evil. But we're not to resist the person. We're not to come against the person. We're to recognize God loves that person too. So instead of seeking revenge in the life of that person, we seek restoration. We seek forgiveness. We serve like Jesus served us. There's this shadow of sacrifice. There's this shadow of 
the servanthood of Jesus in the law. There's also a shadow of something else in our lives. There's a shadow of servanthood in our own lives. What Jesus challenges us to. Listen to what, listen to what the law says in verses five and six. But if a servant declares, I love my master and my wife and children and do not want to go free, then his master must take him before the judges. He shall take him to the door of the doorpost and pierce his ear with an awl. Then he will be his servant for life. So you hear you have an, an ear piercing, and it sounds sort of strange to us. What's going on here? What's happening is this is a slave by choice, somebody who's made a life commitment to be a part of a family, and so they were marked as a servant in that family for life. A slave who served by choice, whose service grew out of love rather than bondage. That's a reminder to us, by the way, that the type of slavery that they encountered in ancient Israel was nothing like the slavery that we encountered in early America. This was more often an indentured servanthood, somebody who could not afford to pay their debts. Now, even today, I don't believe in that, but they had laws for those who wanted to work in that kind of a way. And they also had a law for someone who wanted to be part of a family the rest of their lives. This slave who was marked by choice, who served out of love rather than bondage, they were called a bond servant. They had bound themselves to a family. Now, here's the interesting thing. The New Testament writers use that word to picture our relationship to Jesus. Paul especially in Romans 1.1 and Titus 1.1. Again and again, he says, I'm a bondservant of Christ. James said it. Peter said it. When they started their books, they said, I'm the bondservant of Christ. What does that mean? Servant by choice. Servant motivated by love. Servant committed for life. I serve him not because he demands that I serve, but because love demands that I serve. And so I choose to serve him for life. Now, all that's in Exodus chapter 21. This book that's all about, this chapter that's all about the law shadows for us, foreshadows for us what it means for you and I to live by grace. Let's pray together. And Lord, we ask, we ask that we never forget to remember that you, Jesus, are the one who came and served us. Served us by giving your life for us in love. And out of that, Lord, give us the motivation to serve those around us. The people in our family, people at work, people that we come just in contact with throughout the day. Lord, instead of letting the motivations of selfishness overwhelm us, I pray that your love instead would speak to us. And that, Lord, whether we feel like it or not today, that the decision to serve would be the decision of our lives. Strengthen us to do that, Jesus, we pray in your name. Amen. Tomorrow, we're going to talk together about the place of the law in your life.